watching there chris i'm watching chelsea in a in a playing to a draw right now with burnley but thankfully there's still a lot of game left we're in minute 30 so we still got a, another another hour to go you were talking about ross barkley getting the start over hakim ziyech that's uh that's that's news yeah yeah that, that's news and by the way i did a horrible job of introducing this this is the meeting of the minds Alex Perez, Chris Sued, live in Queens, New York. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is happening. This isn't my usual setup. My bed isn't here. My, my, my TV isn't here. My computer isn't in the background. This is Nick Deus' setup. Shout out to him, uh, host of Veterans Minimum, and he's part of the Blue Wire family. Uh, he's letting us use his spot. We have something cooking up with him as well, but... It's so surreal to have you in front of me and not in on on my computer screen yeah. through a Zoom call. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it's uh you seem a lot uh bigger in life. <laughs> but um yeah, it, it, it's 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 been 2 years of us doing podcasts and yeah. it's it's a breath of fresh air to finally do it in person as we should. Um it's uh you get to tease me in in, in 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 person now about my, my my club over here. They they have me in strings pulling this draw, but yeah, um, uh, it's early in the game, dude. What are you stressing out about? Come <laughs> on, Burnley Burnley pull a low block on almost anybody. It's, yeah, ask Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> they always do it to Arsenal. Apparently, poor Arsenal. Shout out to all the Arsenal fans. Nick is an Arsenal fan. Is he really? He is. Poor guy. I know. Shout out to my guy Miguel too. If he's watching this, he's uh he's an Arsenal fan. That I know a lot of Arsenal fans, dude. Yeah, I know plenty too. of Arsenal fans. It's it's crazy because they became fans like 2004, 2005 ish. Um, obviously, why would they become fans right now? There's no reason to. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of Arsenal fans, and we, we, Nick and I were talking about this. When I arrived on Thursday night, we're, we're recording this. Today's Saturday, what? Today's Saturday the 5th or the 6th? Today's the 6th. Yeah, I lost my track of days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, today is the 6th of November, and I arrived here the 4th, and we were talking about, uh, he asked me, like, what team do you root for in football? And I told him, I root for Tom Brady. He's like, that's such a Gen Z thing to say. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think so. I i mean i i guess you're right i can't say that i that i root for the buccaneers because i don't i root for tom brady mm. but yeah man it's it, it's just funny how like nowadays people really root for a player mm -hmm. rather than for a team and i think it showed three years ago when cristiano ronaldo left real madrid and everyone suddenly became a juventus fan it showed this past summer Lionel Messi leaves Barcelona. All of a sudden, everyone watches PSG games. No one would watch them before, right? And there was an appeal to watch them. Mm -hmm. Mbappe, uh, Neymar, Di Maria. But now it's it's like, okay, I'm going to watch Messi. But 
it's pretty crazy, man. And are you the only Chelsea fan in your in your friend group? Because I, I I've actually met a couple Chelsea fans, but they're like kind of scattered. And Golazo. oh, goal, goal Kai. for Chelsea, Kai Havertz. Kai, there you go. Thirty three minutes in, the gem. Okay, thirty three minutes in, and Chelsea scores. It's one nothing. This is live and authentic. Chris's reaction live and authentic. <laughs> uh, he is he is having a good time. As he should be. There's Ross Barkley. It's so surreal to see him on the pitch. I can't believe it. I honestly thought he was a dead man walking when we when uh, the transfer window closed and Inter Miami said thanks for no thanks. That's got to be like the low point of his career Jesus. that his club rejected him. And now look, he's he's starting a Premier League match for the the, the Champions League holders. So there you go, man. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't yeah. Don't Ross Bar- oh, I'm sorry, not Ross. It was Reese James with a peach of an assist. Reese James is having a good season, oh isn't he? Oh my god! Yeah, he's uh, scored a couple against Newcastle. Yeah, scored against Arsenal. He's scored uh, against Arsenal. That was a banger. He's uh, slowly but surely taking that spot from Aspiliqueta, which is great to see. I, don't get me wrong; I love Aspiliqueta. He's been a great servant, but yeah. it's it's great to see it coming naturally, where there's not a this like tug of war between the fans of who should play. It's like organically becoming Reese's job, which is great. But to answer your question, no, I'm not the only uh, Chelsea Chelsea fan in nice. my friend group. Okay, yeah, shout out to Kev. Kev, I got you, man. Uh, my boy Kev is he's a, a big Chelsea fan, huge mm-hmm. Chelsea fan. Was wearing the the Reese James Champions League kit last year when we were played them against uh, when we played Real Madrid, and that's when I knew like, oh man, this guy's he's really about it. And oh shit, Kev would Kev would chop it up with me on on. Uh, the 2012 Champions League win. Mm. We'll talk about J- Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Like it goes back pretty far. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's a. He's a. I'll give you this, so you can give. So you can have the uh, type of idea. He's a Las Vegas Raiders fan. So this. The, <laughs> he's an. In, he's a character. He's an individual. He's also a Atletico Madrid fan because he can't bring himself to root for one of the big two in Spain. So. It, it it takes that kind of character to be a Chelsea fan. I'll say that it, you have to be you have to break from tradition. I think to be a, a true Chelsea fan because uh, that is here, some combination, dude. Yeah, that is some combination. Like, I mean, look, mm. I'm an Eagles fan. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have to be. I think you have to be some kind of character to see Man United, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and say, Nah, I'd rather root for someone else. I want to up, you know, disrupt the disrupt the elite at the top and Chelsea. Gradually became the elite, but you gotta be, you gotta, I guess, be like a a Met fan, an underdog, someone who doesn't likes to break from tradition to really uh, be a true. I think to be a, a uh, to pick Chelsea as your team. I know in, in in overseas that may be that may sound crazy, like oh, you're picking one of the favorites and you're saying you have to break from from the norm <laughs> to root for them, but. Over here, I think uh, the commercialization of those mega clubs like Man United and yeah. Barca and Madrid—it's all we know. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna hear people talk about a big game and they're gonna go and see a game, it's the Manchester derby, it's the Clasico, it's these big, huge clubs. Um, I think Chelsea now definitely throw their name in the ring. Th- 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 our name is in the hat, but um, I think it's still those people still defer to those big clubs. So. Um, me myself, I, I I needed to I needed a, a talisman to follow to become a Chelsea fan. Uh, you know the story, but for those who don't, I had to see uh, Didier Drogba 
go out there in the World Cup with a, a cast on his arm because he couldn't let his country down. And I was like, he's he's this guy's the man. And wait, you're going to tell me he's an actual king? Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for whatever club he goes to. And sure enough, I, I was using Chelsea and FIFA, <laughs> FIFA 10, I think it was, or FIFA 09, FIFA... Whichever the one that had Frank Lampard on it, and it was FIFA ten. All the stars yeah. aligned. All the stars aligned. So you were destined to be a Chelsea fan. Yeah, my first. I told you my first season. I saw Ancelotti finish in second, and it wasn't good enough for Roman Abramovich, and he got fired for it. So that set the precedent of like, okay, this 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 is a cutthroat club, where second place isn't good enough. Mm. And they're not the traditional norm. They're not the the ancient superpower that's a AC Milan or a, a Real Madrid or a Barca. But they but they they got the cojones to to challenge these guys. Yeah, all the stars aligned. So, man, that that's that's something that almost aligns with the identity of the team. Not almost, it aligns with the identity of the team because. I think I've told you this before, if, if I'm not mistaken. And if I didn't, well, I'll tell you right now. Whenever I think of Chelsea, I just think gritty. I think, and I mean this in in the nicest way possible, I think annoying, yeah. pest, mm-hmm. uh, disruptors, uh, a team that, that what's that saying? That, that, that they... They, they, what was it like? They march to the beat of their own drum or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, they it's like that person that doesn't need approval from anyone they kind of just do their thing and i feel like that's who chelsea is and that's how the fans are you know and i don't again i don't mean it in a disrespectful way i don't mean it to sound like like you're like you guys are some type of people but yeah like it does take a special character your friend kev he's a (laughs) he's a raiders fan he's an atletico madrid fan he's a chelsea fan I can only imagine what kind of what kind of character he yeah. is, yeah. Because he's it, it's almost like if I don't know, like a producer or a writer wrote something up for him and like, all right, here you go, this is who you are. It's like perfectly meshed into well, the teams that he root for that he roots for, they're like perfectly meshed into his personality. I'm assuming so. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That that is that is awesome. So I don't. I'm I'm gonna ask you this question, just because you're here, mm-hmm. and I know what answer you're gonna give me, but I I want to hear it. Your favorite Chelsea memory? Actually, you know what? Oof. Let me add a caveat to this. Your favorite Chelsea memory that isn't either of the European Championships that you guys won. Okay. Yeah, can you get a little closer to the mic, please? Just yeah, a little bit. Yeah. There we go. Um, that's that's a great question because at first I thought, how am I going to pick between the two European championships? I made it easier for you. You made it <laughs> pro- maybe even harder, honestly, oh, because shit. <laughs> there 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 are a bunch of moments that I would say characterize being a Chelsea fan, like uh, a, a, a a moment that stands out to me is. Chelsea, Barcelona at the Camp Nou. Maybe it, I know you said I can't choose the the victories, but that was the semifinal. That game, Chelsea went down a man in the first half. John Terry got sent off for a knee to the thigh of Alexis Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And that that game, we had no hope. 
Like literally, they were they were in our box. Frank Lampard, he says that when he crosses midfield, he thought, "Oh my God, we finally got to their side of the field," and it was like minute forty. Like it it, it was desperation. Um, we were down a man, and they were peppering our our goal at camp now, and we were holding holding on to a one nothing lead. They tie it. Uh, Sergio Busquets of all people scores. So we did everything to stop the forwards. They still found their way through. It felt like, and this is Barcelona at their max. This is Iniesta and Xavi in midfield. Messi scoring like 50 league goals. Like it was like <laughs> legitimately their best ever team. Like yeah, I would say probably like the, it, 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 regarding the, the, the opposition, probably the strongest team I've seen us play. We won that match. Uh, if you remember, yeah. uh, Ramirez had the chip. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about this match and I'm seeing your face just like gradually go from a smile to a frown. <laughs> I'm mm, sorry. Yeah. Me just like slouching on yeah. my on my chair. No, dude, go ahead. It, 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 it was ten years I, ago. I'm over it. Yeah. Um but Ramirez had the chip. That was a beautiful Fra goal, man. Fra Frank Lampard um set him free with a sick ass pass mm -hmm. at, at midfield. That yeah. was ridiculous. That doesn't get talked about enough. A worldie of a goal. Me personally, I love Ramirez. He's one of my most favorite Chelsea players who's not a superstar, who's not Eden Hazard or Frank Lampard or one of the Didier Drogba. I thought he was so so gritty and so so uh how so impactful in, in both sides of the field. And mm -hmm. he never got the accolades that he that he want that he deserved. Because he's not a superstar, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. But um he was one of my favorite ever players at Chelsea. So for him to be the one that scored that goal, I knew from that moment, like, yeah, maybe this half, it, it seems like it was going grim, but I have a feeling we're going to pull this out somehow because just that moment of magic gave us the hope. They defended like their lives depended on it for the whole second half. And then, as we know it, Fernando Torres rounded the keeper and put the game away. That that match just literally characterized Chelsea. It showed us, you know, they, this is a team that maybe isn't there in terms of the quality of a Barcelona, but they don't give a damn. They're gonna they're gonna fight tooth and nail to get that result, and that's exactly what you just how you describe them. You know, they're they're stingy, they're gritty, they don't care. They beat they 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 roll to the beat of their own drum. That that game really characterized to me what it meant to be a chelsea fan what it meant to be part of the club and it's a beautiful memory i sit here and i think about how i got kicked out of my college uh library <laughs> because i couldn't i couldn't yeah i couldn't i was i was elated alex i was That's going funny. bonkers in there and people were studying for finals because it was in may i couldn't give two shits i i was going crazy and it's by a, yourself yeah, you weren't watching the game myself. with anyone else yeah, i was by, completely by myself that is ballsy, dude. Yeah, I, I was I was so happy. I, I it was it's being an Eagles fan and and a Mets fan and a Knicks fan. All I knew was misery. Mm. So having that and and knowing that I was a fan for a time before then, it wasn't that I was riding on on a hot a hot uh, a hot ticket or jumping on a bandwagon. It felt really really good. It was like I think now, no matter what happens, this is my club. Like. I'm a part of something and I've lived it as all from minute one to minute 95 or whatever the, the, the extra time was. But that was no doubt 
one of if it's not the the best memory it's one it's up there um the only other thing that i would say that comes close was the diego costa Mourinho team that just steamrolled through the, yeah. the premier league but that didn't have the same i would say the same emotional value because we'd already won uh, a few premier league titles it wasn't like this was our first one or it, it was our first one in a long time it was kind of just getting back to normal for chelsea so that was a lot of fun that season with Mourinho and Costa because it was we were yeah. painted as the villains and we were just steamrolling through everybody. Um, that team just—if you weren't a Chelsea fan, I think everybody hated that team with with <laughs> Cesc and Diego and uh, Terry and Courtois. Yeah. Courtois arrived. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Courtois came back and Petr yeah. Cech was his backup. Like it was. An absolutely loaded team. Like, like that's probably the best Chelsea team I've watched until now. Because this team right now is really talented, and when when they get their <laughs> tell their us peak, about it, dude. Yeah, that's a ridiculous yeah, team for when, sure. When we get to, I think right now what's scary. I would say what's scary to to what should be scary to other teams is that I don't think this is Chelsea's final form, and no. we're Champions League holders. Run away. I mean, we have the top. We have the we're the 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 top of the premier league right now and they still have another notch to get to so i think right in terms of talent i think this team is probably going to be the most talented chelsea team i've seen but until they get to that 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 Mourinho, Seth fabregas diego costa john terry team in 2015 i believe or no 2014 that was uh Another great highlight for me as a fan. Maybe not as memorable as Cap Now. Cap Now, I if you if you give me enough enough drinks, I'm gonna start crying thinking about that memory. It's like yeah. it's a, it's one of those that you keep in your soul, you know. Yeah. But um, that title season was was a lot of fun as well. What about the Antonio Conte season where where you guys won the Premier League? Was that was that like eh? It's not as fun. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I would say that because I don't think anybody anticipated us having a title challenge that year. That was the year Ibra joined Man, Pogba yeah, yeah. and Mourinho at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. So everyone thought, yeah, this is the team that's going to get Manchester United back to, uh, to the glory. To their, yeah. To their heights. They're still waiting. Yeah. They're still waiting. <laughs> it's been five years and. We're still waiting. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. I'll I'll say that. Um, it was a lot of fun mounting a serious title challenge and winning it, and being happy with a top four finish. You know, um, I I'll I'll say it didn't have the same pressure as other title winning seasons. Like I think we we ran away from everybody. So it it was like, I think by January. We had already had a 13-game unbeaten streak where it was like, yeah, Chelsea's going to win the title. So yeah. it, was, it was fun, but it was kind of anticlimactic. So it wasn't like there was a lot of buildup. We had just won the title two years before with that Diego Costa Mourinho team. So don't get me wrong. Of course, it's great to watch uh, my team be successful and win trophies. But it, it wasn't up there emotionally for me. Uh as much as these other uh, these other victories, um, part of it as well may be down to the how we played. Mm-hmm. We were we did score a lot of goals, but 
we were set up very defensive with Antonio Conte with the three at the back and the two wing backs. Now, I've seen some arguments saying, um, how is Antonio Conte defensive when his Chelsea team outscored the Liverpool team of that same season, when his Inter Milan team outscored, you know, the, the AC Milans and the 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 these Juventus sides with Cristiano Ronaldo, how could you call him defensive? And to me, I think that's a very flawed argument because that that means you're going by stats, which is one way to look at the game. But what about your freaking eyes, man? Mm-hmm. When you look at the TV, what do you see? You see three, def- five defenders with the wingbacks and two or three defensive mids. So you see a very defensive team getting goals. Mm-hmm. That's great. That doesn't mean he's not a defensive coach. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. to me, I felt like it was very, uh, very defensive. I thought we were going in there. F- first thing is we're keeping the clean sheet. And second thing is we may score. That's not my my personal ideal way of how I want my team to play. Now, you can say, well, Thomas Tuchel plays with three at the back, and Thomas Tuchel plays with two central defensive mids. So what's the difference? Again, if you see this Chelsea team play, it's very forward. It's very free and open. Uh, ben Chilwell and, and Reese James look like wingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jorginho is constantly spraying passes up front. He's no longer playing passes to the back or playing passes to the side. Even Angola Conte, Mateo Kovacic, these guys who aren't known for their attacking impetus, get forward and uh, contribute very much so in the offensive phase. So it's very much the the style of play uh, that is the difference between the two managers and why I think that uh, looking back, that that Antonio Conte run with Chelsea isn't as memorable as these other uh, these other runs, but it's a great memory even still. I, I'm not going to sit here and think, "Oh man, what a terrible terrible thought of us being three at the back and winning trophies." Like, you know, it was a great time for what it was, but it's not up there for me personally as my favorite of times. Okay, yeah, it's. It makes perfect sense, and I will say this: people, people tend just like you said. People tend to look at the numbers and make their opinions, and I feel like un, like stats should be they should be like a padding to your argument. Like exactly, yeah, it should be like okay, I'll just throw this in here because I know it helps me, but I know it doesn't hold that much weight. There's nothing like watching the full 90 minutes. Even even if you watch the highlights of a game, that's not enough. Yeah. Watching highlights of a game is not enough. And I was talking about this when I was recording uh, the Veterans Minimum episode. And I, I was asking Nick how he prepares for a show. And we were talking about like, yo, like, you can't watch highlights and make an opinion. That is very hard to do. And that's the it goes back to what you were talking about. The people that say that, that Antonio Conte isn't defensive because he outscored so-and-so team yeah that's cool but maybe a bunch of counter-attacking opportunities presented themselves because he was so, his, he he fielded his team so deep in his own half that those counter-attacking opportunities were gonna show up eventually right and and th- th- that's what it looks like i mean nothing beats the eye test yeah. nothing nothing will beat the eye test nothing 
defeats watching the 90 minutes and and making your own opinion. Um, sometimes maybe even watching the game without any commentary because you don't know what kind of bias they they, they might come up with or, or they might have as they are calling the game. But yeah, man, that's that's crazy. And and I I do actually remember Antonio Conte's season like very very fondly, even though obviously I'm not a Chelsea fan, but mm-hmm. I I remember it fondly because they were very dominant. And that's kind of what I expected from Chelsea. But I will say this. It helped them a lot that at the beginning of the season, the pressure wasn't necessarily on them. Mm -hmm. The pressure wasn't necessarily on them. And now uh, you guys don't have to deal with Antonio Conte anymore. Another London team has to worry about Antonio Conte. Uh, So we have about like five minutes before the cameras stop rolling. So want to talk about Antonio Conte a little bit maybe uh what what do you think he would he would do at Tottenham again we're recording this on November the 5th the 6th sorry um thoughts on Antonio Conte going to Tottenham I think he's a hell of a manager he really is uh-huh. uh, anywhere he's gone he's instilled this warrior spirit and camaraderie that is why I feared him at United because I feel like that kind of those those group of individuals cuz that's what they are they're not a team those group of individuals need a head coach like that. Someone who is going to come in and say, mm. no, we are a team. We're a family. If you're not part of the team, kindly see the door. That's what you need at United right now. Um, at Tottenham, it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to see. It, it, it's going to be fascinating to see if Daniel Levy keeps his promises to him and, and backs him up in the transfer market. Um, I, there was a lot of arguments that he wouldn't do so for Mourinho. He did. He did support him in the in the transfer market. It didn't end up working out because the players that they brought in aren't as good as the players at, at these other top clubs. We'll see how it works out for Conte. Because if the problem was you didn't like how Mourinho's teams played and how defensive they were and you wanted to get back to the Tottenham DNA, I'm sorry. This is as defensive as a coach can get. <laughs> Um, that's the thing. Let, let me just interrupt you really quick. The, and this is something that I heard on a on a podcast. They they were talking about Daniel Levy, and I'm watching Bruno Fernandez right now. Manchester United lost the Man United, the the Manchester Derby. So uh, there's that beautiful face you love. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> fuck, dude. Listen, I have nothing personal against Ole. I just hate how confused he looks all the time. Like, dude, you are the manager. Of Manchester United, you should have the sh- the solutions. Anyway, we talked enough about Ole. Um, so there there was people calling out Daniel Levy, saying that he wants to play fun, attractive football, but he doesn't know what that means. Exactly. Clearly, he doesn't know what that means. You know why? Because he brought in Antonio Conte, and he's expecting he he's expecting an an Antonio Conte team to play like Pep Guardiola, like Jurgen Klopp's teams. It's not gonna happen, dude. So yeah, something something's got to give here, and it's mm, is Conte yeah. not the manager we think he is, which is kind of hard to say at this point because everywhere he's been, he's been he's brought the goods. Or are are Tottenham gonna kind of act like a big club and support him and bring him the players that he needs to to make to mount a serious title charge? Why else would he have gone? I think there has to be a promise, just like, like that's what I'm saying. What we were talking yeah, about with I'm surprised with he took club, the yeah. job, and that's that's that was my reasoning. Is like yeah. he must have got a hell of a promise. It's the same thing with we were talking about yesterday, Xavi and at, at Barca, but uh, 
It's going to be really fascinating. Right now, I'll be honest, I really do rate him as a coach. I think he's awesome. But I just don't see how it's going to end up a fit. Because, if the st- like I said, if the style of play with Mourinho was the problem and the quality of players that they were bringing in compared to what other guys were, what other top clubs were bringing in, we don't see an end in sight. So, this the, Antonio Conte is not known for playing nice with his upper management. It might get ugly fast. Very fast. The contract is only eighteen months. So, hope maybe Tottenham will will catch a break somehow, some way. All right, twenty million euros. Oh eight, Jesus! Eighteen months. That's a lot of money. Triple what Tuchel makes. And probably not going to win any titles. Not that Antonio Conte is a bad manager. It's just that he's managing Tottenham. Um, all right, guys. This isn't the only thing that we're going to be recording. We have a special guest uh, aligned. Uh, and based on the timeline, I think that this is uh, this is going to come out after the special guest shows up. So it's kind of dumb that I said this. But it doesn't matter. Regardless, Chris, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, next time I... I see you or next time we record something, it'll be through Zoom again. So a little sad about that. But hey, this is what soccer does. This is what the beautiful game does. It brings people like us together that we might think that we don't have much in common. But in reality, we have plenty in common. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, your social media, if you want to plug it away before the cameras just stop. You we have can, about 30 seconds. You can catch me on Twitter. My handle is Chris, S-O-L-O-D-O-L-O underscore. There we go. Me. Follow me on Twitter at Alex Perez FC. Subscribe to the pod. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you all. We appreciate you all. Thank you, New York. I love you. Uh, I was going to say a Conor McGregor quote, but I I blanked. <laughs> Either way, I wore my best jersey today. Number nine, Ronaldo. The real Ronaldo. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.